Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host, and I'm going to be speaking the words of the spirits today. Thank you. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. Last week, we were honored to bring you information about Bigfoot. Our special guest was Eric Altman. He's a Bigfoot expert. The highlight of the show was when we channeled the spirit of a Bigfoot and let Eric ask it questions. The show was very interesting and it's available in the Voice America archives. All of our shows are available on our YouTube channel in the name of Barry Strome. Our goal in this show is to explore all aspects of the afterlife. If you've been listening to our show, You've learned that how you live your human life determines how you will progress in the ethereal dimension. The soul has everlasting life and advances because of lessons learned during various incarnate lives. A critical key to advancing in the ethereal realms is how you help others. Charity is a critical element in advancing in the realms. Today, we're going to speak with the spirits of three individuals that excelled in providing charity to their fellow humans Milton Hershey. Andrew Carnegie, and Paul Newman. So this morning, we're going to start to talk with the spirit of Milton Hershey. While many of you are familiar with Hershey chocolates, you may not realize that he established a community for his workers, a free school for orphans, and a free network of schools and community colleges for all his employees and residents of the community in in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We've been with Mr. Hershey before. He's an incredible soul. So, Mr. Hershey, welcome to our show. And I also would like to welcome you back, Milton. Uh, Would you please tell us about some of the things that you provided for the Hershey community? Thank you for having me back, Barry and Connie. I always felt that I needed to do the best I could for those individuals that were committed to working for me. I felt that if I gave them a good working environment, did what I could for them, helped with their families, that I would get a much better product. I was blessed to have enough money to do it. I founded Hershey Chocolate in the town of Hershey, Pennsylvania, and I provided many things. I tried to build the town for my employees. I put a park in so that their families could find enjoyment that they could afford. I put in stores where we sold products reasonably to them. We had a public transportation system in the town. I built a community club. My pride and joy was the industrial school. In those days, there were very few social nets. And I took orphaned boys, put them onto farms that we called units, taught them how to provide for themselves, gave them a wonderful education. I tried to do as much as I could. I think that if many of the employers today would look at the well-being of their the individuals that work for them, that they would be well served 
by trying to serve their needs. That is excellent advice, Milton. There are many people that do not believe in an afterlife, and current polls indicate that a little less than 50% of the population do not believe in a god or a deity. What would you tell those individuals? Well, I am on the other side. So they should take that as proof that there really is an afterlife. I can assure you that Barry's not speaking his words. He's speaking my words. God is very real. Many people don't want to believe that. Many of your governments are trying to lead you away from worship of God. Many people are trying to control you. We watch this from over here every day. I'm not sure just how people can be convinced. If a human looks around them, they see many, many miracles. Do you think that a newborn baby is not a miracle of God? I assure you that when their time of passing comes, and it will come, they just don't know when, that they will truly understand that God exists. Sadly, if they understood that before that time of passing, they could do much to improve their lives. But there's so much evil in the world today that it's, I understand how it can be very difficult. How short is a human life in comparison to the life of the soul? It's infinitesimally short. Not even a blink of the eye of the soul life. You see, your soul has been around since God created the galaxy and the universe. Your human body or human soul time has only been around for a couple hundred thousand years. If you do the math, you will realize that the life of the soul, which is everlasting, is incredibly long when compared to the short time that you will live as a human. Now that you're on the other side, will you please tell us about the importance of helping others? When you're over here, you live in realms. There are different realms, and you can refer to it any way you want, but we call it heaven. Different religions will refer to it as paradise or whatever, but it's a dimension. And it's you want to advance. The higher the realm you're in, the more things you can do. The better it is, the more you will understand, the better educated, You'll be able to see the future in the higher realms. There are incredible benefits to advance. You need to do things that God wants you to do. He wants you to follow his words, be kind to others, show love, coexist. Most of it is just simple common sense. Charity. Charity is incredibly important in advancing in the realms. If you help others, then God will help you. If you harm others, then you are on your own. If you do the best you can to help others, you will find that your return will be a magnificent experience. 
Is it possible to advance in the ethereal realms without helping others? No. If you choose to not help others, if you have great wealth and you decide that you're going to keep it for yourself, then when you return, you will not, you will not advance. Depending how you live that life, you may even be put in the lower realms. But what you need to remember is that you create a karma. Karma is incredibly real. If God blesses you with a life of great wealth and you use it for selfish reasons, hurt others with it, then when you decide to return for another life, you will pay that karma for hurting those individuals in the prior life. Keep in mind that you may have to return in great poverty in your next life. There's always a great balance in heaven. If you harm others, you will be treated much differently than if you were living according to God's command. How were you greeted when you returned to heaven? I had a wonderful return when I came to heaven. There were angels, there were spirit, my family members were there, my wife, all of those that I loved that had passed were with me. My guide said that I had done an incredible job. Yes, I had done things that were not according to his words. We all make mistakes. But I had truly tried to help as many people as I could and I was rewarded by allowing to move ahead in the realms. So it was a wonderful return for me. Would you please tell our listeners how you're judged when you return to heaven? When you return to heaven, you will have be escorted by your angels, and your guides will meet you. Everyone has spirit guides. That is 100%. You may not have listened to them throughout your life. You may have lived it the way you wished. But your guides try to give you advice and help you conform to your life plan. Your life plan is laid out so that you learn the lessons you need to learn. When you vary from that life plan, you are varying from the tests that you need to pass. Your guides try to conform you to that. So you will meet your, depending on how you lived your life, you will meet your family members, and then there'll be a, a time close by. I use the word time. There is no time over here. But your guides will come to you, and they will tell you what you did right and what you did wrong. And they will tell you what lessons will need to be learned in your next life. And then you make the decision when you want to prepare a lifetime in return. It's, it's an incredible process. It's something that only God could have conceived of. Why did you have such a strong desire to provide such benefits to your workers? Keep in mind that I lived in a very difficult time for workers. Keep in mind that it was a time when 
workers were not protected. I always thought that if you wanted to be successful, you had to generate the best product available or possible. I strongly felt that if I treated my workers in a special way, that I would have a better chance of providing the highest quality product. My wife was also a very special person. She was very interested in children. And she would suggest that I open the industrial school and that I did as much to educate children. If the young are educated, then it is possible that a civilization can advance. If the young are taught that God truly exists and that you must follow his words, then they will pass that on to the next generation. If children are left to their own, then very little good will come out of it. Throughout time, there has always been great poverty. And there are people who say, if there was a God, why does he let this happen? Why does God allow this to happen? There will always be poverty because there will always be karma. There have always been those that have been blessed with wealth and have abused everyone around them. When they return, they must pay that karma. And in general, that karma that they must pay is poverty in their next life. You see, not following God's words creates karma. And poverty is a is the karma for people that have abused their great wealth and blessings. So what would you have to say to persons of great wealth that do not use any of it to help others? I would say that they are making the gravest mistake of their lives. The reality is it does not take huge amounts of wealth to be happy. Generally, great amounts of wealth bring people great unhappiness and problems. Use the wealth that you have to help others. Do enough, maintain enough to, for your family, teach them, but set an example with that great wealth. Do you ever envision a time when there's no poverty? I do not. The fact that people always abuse their wealth and abuse others is a determining factor that poverty poverty will exist far into the future. Yeah. Would you explain to our listeners the importance of educating the young? The young absolutely must be educated. They have to have the knowledge to earn a living. They have to understand the, uh, the preachings of God, and they have to pass those on to the young. If the young are left to their own, then civilization will decline. They have to be taught history. They must understand how to build on what happened in the past. And they have to understand how the past is related to the future. The key to advancement is in the, is in the young. If you ignore the young, then you will simply not advance. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Milton, for joining us again. Would you like to have a closing message for our listeners? Yes, I would. 
First of all, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to speak again. I enjoy coming back. I enjoy trying to answer questions. But what I especially enjoy is trying to help others. You see, we gain great knowledge in our lives. Some of us, when we pass, wish that we had done more. When you allow me to come through and speak to the people, that has given me a chance to fulfill the plan that I would have done if I had lived longer. Human souls can be magnificent people. We watch over here, and some people do magnificent jobs. We also watch over here, some of the incredibly wealthy people have multi-yachts that are worth billions of dollars. They squander their money. They have many homes. Seems like they are doing all that they can do that will prevent them from having a good judgment when they return. Humans have to separate the human life from the soul life and understand that the soul life is so much more important than the human life. So I thank you. I thank you for allowing me to come through today. I hope that I haven't disappointed. So, goodbye. You did not disappoint, Milton. You did great, as always. Thank you so much. Okay, let's take a short break here. When we come back, we'll have the spirit of Andrew Carnegie. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this week we're talking about charity, and we've got some of the greatest souls that have ever lived. They have given back so much. So anyway, I'm sure all of you are familiar with the name Andrew Carnegie. He was an American industrialist, led the American steel industry, and actually became one of the richest men in the world. Now, what you probably don't know about him is that he spent the last 16 years of his life trying to give all of his money away to charity. During that period, he gave away the equivalent of over $6 billion of today's money. So we're honored to have his spirit with us this morning. So, Mr. Carnegie, welcome back. Welcome back, Andrew. Would you please tell our listeners about some of your philanthropic endeavors? Well, thank you for having me back, first of all. I truly appreciate the opportunity to be able to help others to understand the way things are. I, I led an incredible life. I was driven. It was a time where, yes, we probably did take advantages of the lack of some laws, and we did things we probably shouldn't have done. But it was a t- it was a time where you could go out and you could do basically what you wanted to do. That's good. That can be bad. When JP bought my company, I was incredibly rich. It was like, okay, am I satisfied with my life? I had tried to help others. I tried to do things for my employees, but the steel industry was very dangerous. It was very dirty. There were many things to be desired in the industry, and I realized that. So I thought that I would try to help others with the money. I'd always felt very strongly about education. So that became pretty much of my focus. I built many libraries, and I started Carnegie Institute in Pittsburgh. I wanted to provide people, the young, with the opportunity for an education. I realized that many people worked incredibly hard in the steel industry. Many of those people had never had a chance for an education. I also realized that education was the key for these people to advance. I felt that the combination of schools and libraries was the answer for the time. I was also very interested in the arts, Carnegie Hall. I did many other things. In those days, there was really very little organized charities. I actually had to hire people to help me build these institutions. Yes, if you look at it in today's money, 
It was a lot. But I had made so much that I actually had money left over that I didn't know that I put into trust. And that those funds have continued to give to those in need for many years since my passing. What caused you to feel so strongly about philanthropic giving? I was always, I always believed in God. I, I guess I focused on it's better to give than to receive. I realized that I had been blessed amazingly. I'd been blessed beyond any imagination. I could do basically anything that I wanted to do in my in those days. But there I realized that I wasn't truly happy. Once I started to help others and I could see that I was making a difference. People would come to me and thank me for what I've been doing was doing. I realized that I was approaching happiness for the first time in my life. It seemed like the more that I gave, the better I felt. I think it was just simply being touched by God. Was there something in particular that happened in your life that caused you to change over from industrialist to philanthropist? Philanthropist. <laughs> the selling of my business. I really hadn't intended to sell, but I made a ridiculous offer and JP jumped on it. And that was that. And I was sitting there and my business was gone and I had this pile of money. And God was speaking to me. He was telling me that this is your chance to find true happiness. And I tried to do the best I could. Yeah, much of your giving was targeted towards education. Why did you feel so strongly about educating the young? We were a huge part of the Industrial Revolution. Many of the people were immigrants. The vast majority had no education. Some couldn't even sign their names. I realized that those individuals were basically sentenced to incredibly hard work for the rest of their lives. We looked at the time as an era of incredible opportunity. The educated were making incredible advances. There were medical advances taking place. The world of science, physics, there was so much happening. But it was imperative that the individuals that were making the true differences were educated so that they could advance their learning. I knew that for a country to grow, you had to rely upon the class of people that were educated. I tried to give them a good education and I tried to instill a sense of charity, well-being, helping others. I did as much as I could have done, but I knew that education was the key. 
Andrew, if you were alive today, what changes would you make to our educational systems? If I was alive today, I would start by focusing on the educational systems of the inner cities. Many of your politicians have created educational cancer for those poor kids. If those children do not find education and opportunity, they turn to drugs, violence, mobs. What other choice do they have? All they do is see futility in their future. And they turn to substance abuse. Many wind up homeless. Many raise, start families they can't raise. They get into a spiral. And that spiral brings those down around them. I would allow choice, free choice in the school systems of the inner cities. I would provide vocational education. I would provide advanced education for those that are gifted. God lays out life plans for individuals. And I would assure that the educational system did not stand in the way of their life plans. Excellent. As you watch from the other side, what do you see as the areas of the greatest need of charitable assistance? I see a rise in homelessness that can truly undermine the country. I see a lack of our government taking an interest in these home and in these individuals. Many of them have got mental problems. I would, if I was alive today, I would set up a charity to provide mental aid to those that require it. The government sends men off to war. They put them in positions where they are harmed in their mental health. They turn them loose. They don't provide ways for them to earn a living. They don't help them. I would provide a charity that would provide free aid, especially for military veterans. I would set up a charity that would truly help individuals that are homeless. I would start by working with the families that are looking for a home. I would provide jobs for them and I would provide a means for them to find suitable housing. I'm not talking about the slums that many of our governments put these poor people into to, as a temporary means. I would provide very good psychiatric care and guidance. I would assure that the children of the homeless were provided with a good education and opportunity. I think that is what I would probably major in if I was still alive. That would be excellent. What would you tell individuals that have excess wealth and would like to help others? 
I would tell them that there are some very good charities, but I would also tell them that they need to do great research into what percentage of the money that you give to those charities actually helps others. Many charities are fake. Many charities do not do what they're supposed to do. I would tell them that they should start their own charitable organizations and that they should decide in their own mind how they can best help others. Perhaps follow the guidance that I just gave. There are many, many areas of charity. The war in Europe is creating unbelievable suffering for others. They should consider providing help for refugees. They consider there is this there is an incredible amount of opportunity to do good today. You have to stick your head in the sand not to see it. I would tell individuals with excess wealth that I would hope that they could find the happiness that I found. And what would you tell individuals that have excess wealth but don't have any interest in helping others? I would tell them that they are making the gravest mistake of their, of their lives. I would tell them that God has blessed them. That's the only reason that they have these, this money. I would tell them that they are only servants of God. They just simply do may not understand it at this time. I would inform them that, that when they return, that they will be judged harshly for what they do. I would tell them to look around at those that are living in, in poverty and that the karma for what they are doing would be their next lives. They need to understand these things. They need to be spoken to harshly. They are losing the greatest opportunity that they were ever given. Do you ever envision a time when there's no poverty? Sadly, I do not envision a time where there's no poverty because there will always be instances where people take advantages of great wealth. There will always be times where individuals just simply decide not to help others. What changes would you make to how your charities and educational institutions are being handled today? Today, my college is has become an elite university. When I founded it, I wanted it to be able to provide an affordable education for individuals. Today, college tuitions have skyrocketed out of sight. If an individual is not truly gifted and does not and just cannot find help, financial aid, many of them cannot attend top universities. The universities have become elitist. If I was still alive today, I would assure that a reasonable, a reasonably priced education would be available for everyone. How would you handle the homeless problem? I would start by providing guidance. I would find 
I would send psychologists in to sort out the most gifted and abused of the people that are homeless. Many people just need help. I would provide financial aid for them to buy, to find suitable housing. And I would provide vocational aid to teach so that they can find jobs. I would work, work my way down. There are many people that for some reason or another do not want to come off of the street, but I would provide counseling. I would provide all of the mental help that I could do. It's a very complex problem, but it definitely needs to be addressed. Andrew, thank you for joining us again. Your messages are always perfect. Uh, do you have a final message for our listeners? Charity. Charity, charity, charity. Give to others. Love others. Do what you can to help. Do not look down on those people that are homeless. Help them. Figure out what you can do. God wants you to help others. God wants you to do what is common sense. Go out and find happiness, and true happiness comes from helping others. You may not believe that, but I can guarantee it for you. So I thank you very much for, for allowing me to speak today. Should you wish me to come back, I am always available. The key word is charity, love, and devotion to God. So thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, guys, we're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to speak with Paul Newman. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Connie, who do we have next? We've got Paul Newman. He was a very famous actor that founded a food company named Newman's Own. After All of the after-tax proceeds are given to charities. To date, Newman's Own has contributed over $570 million since 1982, and his contributions will continue far into the future. Thank you for joining us today, Paul. It's good to have you back. Uh, during your acting career, what did you think about the importance of charity? It was something I didn't really think about that much. When you're, when you're an actor, you're, you're trying to get acting jobs. It's a very, it was, in those days, it, was, it wasn't the easiest way to earn a living. I was very lucky. God blessed me. They said that I wasn't that bad looking. And I had a lot of good friends in the industry. So I had some wonderful parts. I had some wonderful opportunities. And I had a good life. There were times that I know I could have done a lot more. But I tried. I did try to help others. I would, I would try to bring young people along in the acting industry. I thought, I always thought about charity. And, and I did. I gave some money here and there. But it just simply, it wasn't the biggest deal in my life, and I'm sorry to say that. It's understandable. Tell us about the founding of Newman's Own. By the way, you've got some great products out there. Oh, thank you, Connie. <clears throat> I always like to cook, and I made up my recipe for a salad dressing. And I would have friends come over, and they'd say, Paul, this is really good salad dressing. And I would nod and say, yes, it really is good salad dressing. And they would say, you ought to bottle it and sell it. Well, it's a lot easier to set up businesses in those days. And admittedly, I, I made quite a bit of money. So I decided that I would set this business up and that I would sell salad dressing. And I decided that I'd... I really didn't need that much more money, and I was very happy with what I had. So I set it up that we would put all the money we made towards towards charities. I must admit, I thought in the beginning that it was a good marketing thing. But as it turned out, I became really committed to making a product that would offer the opportunity to help others. What made you decide to have all of the current and future profits go to charity? I got really involved with it. As I became older, I realized that you really only need so much money. I was, I was quite wealthy. God had blessed me. I realized that, and I knew that I wanted to help others. 
I had read about some of the, the, the great philanthropists, but I never thought that I'd ever be considered one. I mean, from bottling a salad dressing and selling it to having that turn into such an effective charity for so many years. That is a miracle. Things like that do not happen without the, the guidance of God. I never truly understood that until I came back over. But now I understand that much of what takes place is beyond our control and takes place with the guidance of, of the big guy over here. So I take it you never dreamed that Newman's Own would be such a successful venture. Never in my wildest imagination did I think that it would be so successful. If you had your life to do over, would you make any changes? I would become, if I had it to do over, I would have become much more active in charities throughout my life. I mean, God, God led me to this salad dressing, and it has grown immensely with many, many products over the years. Much of it has taken place after my passing. The people, sometimes they do things running my businesses that I probably would not have done, but they are still incredibly successful at generating money, or good charities. So I think the main thing I, if I had to do over would be just to get involved with the charity side earlier. Do you have any suggestions for tackling the homeless problem? I've listened to what, uh, what Milton and Andrew had to say. They have a good handle for it. I would, I would probably stress taking veterans off the street first. I think that the government has this huge responsibility that you're not living up to. I cannot imagine if they have billions and trillions of dollars to spend that they cannot be effective in at least finding homes and occupations for the veterans. I would work through some of the religious charities on tackling the homeless problem. Many of the religious charities do a great job, especially with the homeless, with their shelters, with their feeding programs. Many of them are strapped for cash. If I was alive today, I would do research and I would figure out who was which of these religious charities were most effective. And I would try to channel some, some, some heavy funding into these charities. They're set up to do it. It would be difficult for anyone to set up and start from ground zero. But I think support of the property religion, proper religious charities so that they were well-funded that would probably be one of the easiest ways to get started. I agree with that. Are you pleased with how your charities are being handled today? 
basically, sometimes I think that some of the individuals may be a bit overpaid, but all in all, I'm actually quite happy. I can't bitch too much about it because they certainly have been effective through the years. I think you may have given us a hint to this question, but if you were alive today and placed in charge of a large charity, what type of charity would it be and to whom would you direct the benefits of the charity? If I was to start a charity today, it would be to help educate the young. I would provide a type of charter school that would be totally free. I would focus on individuals from the inner cities. I would try to bring them to show what normal life is like. There are many children that have absolutely no idea what a normal lifestyle encompasses. I would provide an opportunity for these individuals. I think that children are the key to the future, and I would do my best for them. Many people of great wealth choose to not help others. We've discussed this before today. I guess when they pass, they think they can really take it with them. As you watch from the other side, what happens to these souls, and what about their future life plans? I watch the shock and amazement on these people's faces when they return. Many of them don't believe in God. They only simply believe in themselves. When they come over here, they are, first of all, truly shocked. They are handled differently than others. People that believe in God have a magnificent event take place for them when they return. These individuals are usually ushered straight to their guides. And their guides tell them what they did wrong in their lives. And sadly, in some instances, you find that their entire lives have been wasted. They thought they were doing a great thing by accumulating wealth. They, some of them actually enjoyed hurting others. Those are the ones that are judged most harshly. But yes, they do things that they're, they're totally shocked when they return. Okay, thank you, Paul. It's, it's always nice talking with you. You're, you're a great soul. Do you have any final message for us? I just would like everyone to understand the need to help others. I didn't totally understand it all my life. I knew that many people were suffering. I knew that many people needed help. I could have done a lot more. Thankfully, God led me to Newman's own, and he led me to being able to help others through that. I'm still helping others. It has been 
a great education. Do not think you know it all when you return to the realms. You continue to watch, you continue to learn, and you try to help. Sadly, you can only influence through guides. Some people can have psychic abilities. Uh, many things happen, but just know the charity is one of the true charity, love, helping others is the true key to happiness is on both sides of the life veil. So thank you for allowing me. I'm always available for you. I'm glad to hear that. Thank all three of you. You're all wonderful souls, and you set a wonderful example for the rest of us humans. Okay. Next week. I thought today's show, by the way, was really, really interesting. Now, next week, we're going to devote our show to channeling spirits that are going to bring you the truth about several historical occurrences. We're going to do the Roswell incident. We're going to speak about the moon landing and the historical manipulation of the weather. Many people have no idea what we're going to speak of next week. So please tell your friends. They're going to thank you for it. I currently have nine books on Amazon.com. My latest book, Messages of God for a Modern World, consists of 60 messages that we channel on our Wednesday morning podcast, A Weekly Message from Jesus. Makes a wonderful daily devotional, a great gift for a friend. It's available in soft cover, ebook, English, Spanish, and signed copies are available on my website, barrystrom.com. I would like to thank you all for joining us on the Voice America Variety Radio Network today. Please tell your friends about our show. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, we've got 450 videos on our YouTube channel. It's in the name of Barry Strom. And our videos cover every aspect of the afterlife. So thank you all. Okay, we are trying to have everyone understand the afterlife. It's real. I've spoken to spirits over a thousand hours. I know an awful lot about it. Please tell your friends. Tell your friends about our show and join us. We're here each Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Network. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.